Hi, I'm Gavin Giovanoni. I'm a neurologist uh, based in the East End of London. And I'm actually recording this podcast uh, in Boston at the American Academy of Neurology meeting. It's uh, close to being finished. At one of my uh, sessions, I was asked uh, a million-dollar question what I thought the greatest unmet need in the field of MS is. And I had to pause um, because uh, it's not easy, that question. And my answer was it depends on your worldview, which is a, really a, a cop-out. But I do think you need to reflect on that question because your view of the world, whether or not you're a clinician looking after people with multiple sclerosis, if you're a parent of somebody who has MS or a partner somebody has MS, if you have MS yourself and you've been recently diagnosed or you have early disease or maybe more advanced disease with public disability, or you're a public health officer or a politician, your worldview depends on um, that those positions and your perspective of what's the greatest unmet need will differ. So I've tried to reflect on that and I've chosen more than one. And the first one I've put up is prevention and this is wearing a public health or political hat. Um, the greatest global impact that we could have is to prevent MS. And anything that we could do to reduce the risk of getting MS or prevent at least the proportion of people getting MS in the future would have a major impact. I mean, that is the holy grail of MS research. And I think we're closer to it than we realize. Uh, I honestly believe EBV causes the disease. And because it's necessary, but not sufficient to cause the disease, it's like that important domino if we stop it from being there we will prevent ms and that's why i uh, think an ebv vaccine program if it's rolled out globally will have a greater than 80 percent chance of achieving this now i'm not sure how effective the vaccine will be but it will at least reduce the incidence uh, that's new people getting the disease by a sufficient proportion to make a dent on the global impact of this disease and I'll leave, I'll leave you with this thought that if we don't try an EBV vaccine prevention strategy, we won't find out. So it's really, really important for us to try. Then obviously the next uh, unmet need is if I had early MS, um, is stopping the pyramid. Uh, and this is about the rapid adoption of innovations. I personally think, even at this meeting, looking at abstracts and listening to people talk, that there are far too many people with established multiple sclerosis who are undertreated with disease-modifying therapies. Um, I think we've won the argument about time as brain and the need for early diagnosis and early treatment. I think there's very few people who won't accept that concept in, in this space. But the argument about flipping the pyramid and offering high-efficacy DMTs first line, or at least early, uh, still needs to be made, and many people are resistant to this. I don't know why, because I think the evidence, in my opinion, is overwhelming, which is why I think we should uh, try and update our uh, MS Brain Health Time Matters policy document to incorporate the latest data on flipping the pyramid. Um, and when I say flipping the pyramid, I also mean including immune reconstitution therapies and allowing people to access those therapies first line. This includes cladribine, tuzumab, and even autologous hematopoietic stem cell transplant, because I think immune reconstitution therapies really do offer the potential to cure this disease. And I think a small minority, and I say a minority of people who are treated with these therapies early, are potentially cured from these from MS. They go into long-term remission, and they never see MS again. And, and this is from the 
groups of people with MS that have been treated with alentuzumab and HSCT, for example. Some of these have been going 15, even 20 years, and they look like they've got no evidence of disease activity, which is unbelievably exciting. And nobody actually understands the impact this could potentially have on the field. Then obviously, I'm going to say this, because if you're somebody with more advanced disease, maybe you're beginning to feel the impact of MS on your functioning. Um, the biggest unmet need, yeah, would be smoldering MS. And this is the worsening that occurs uh, and the ongoing end-organ damage, despite being free of inflammatory activity. In other words, being relapse and MRI activity free, people still get worse. Now, if you've been reading my MSL for newsletters, you will know that this is an ongoing initiative uh, and it's going to need a major push from all MS stakeholders uh, to first acknowledge the problem. Some people don't even think it's a problem. Uh, and also, secondly, to create what I call the regulatory environment uh, around drug licensing to allow trials to go ahead using biomarkers uh, rather than clinical outcomes to get drugs licensed. And the reason for this is that smoldering disease is very indolent, uh, and if we wait for clinical outcomes, particularly if we're adding on to existing DMTs, the trials are so large and they have to be done for such a long period of time that it becomes financially non-viable. Uh, and a lot of pharmaceutical companies are reluctant to tackle this aspect of the disease simply because of the expense in doing clinical trials. So we need to sit down and think creatively about how we do not only phase two but phase three trials and how we create um, combination therapy strategies going forward. And I also include under this uh, umbrella of smoldering MS um, the antiviral hypothesis of MS and I think we need, we need to include in this umbrella of smoldering MS the need to do antiviral trials targeting particularly Epstein-Barr virus but also possibly human endogenous retrovirus as a treatment target in MS and we really need to start these trials as soon as possible. Then the next one is from my perspective as a clinician, as a neurologist looking after people with multiple sclerosis, I think one of our biggest unmet needs is symptomatic treatments, uh, what I call the marginal gains, in other words, improving uh, uh, the symptoms that people with MS complain about. And I know that not everybody has symptomatic problems because they have managed very early, but the majority of people with MS have day-to-day -day symptomatic problems. And I put at the top of this list fatigue because that's one of the most disabling symptoms people with multiple sclerosis complain about. Cog fog, so this is the slowed thinking or the cognitive symptoms people have when they are fatigued. Poor sleep, the majority of MS patients have poor sleep hygiene, which has a big impact not only on fatigue, but their day-to-day -day functioning, their cognition, their mood, it creates anxiety, and it's a big issue, and it's an elephant in the room. We simply don't manage sleep disorders or sleep problems if you're multiple sclerosis adequately. And then I throw on top of that um, uh, bowel and bladder dysfunction. And not everybody with MS has bladder and bowel dysfunction, but people who do have it know what a problem it is. It causes social issues, social isolation, recurrent infections, drive worsening of MS. So all these are major, major unmet need in routine clinical practice. And I find it very sad that when I talk to groups of people with multiple sclerosis, that many just accept these symptoms as the new normal and they have learned to adapt their lives uh, to cope with these symptoms. And I don't think that's right. I think that attitude of defining a new normal and coping with symptoms is wrong. You, need, you don't need to accept uh, these symptoms uh, as, having, as the price of having MS. You need to push back on them um, and ask your healthcare professionals. Read about them. There's lots of self-management you can do. And proactively manage all those problems to optimize your outcome. 
And uh, I'll make this point again and again and again. If you just make small differences, you know, you stop yourself getting bladder infections. Uh, make sure you don't have gum infections. Uh, sorting out your chronic constipation so you're not got impacted with potential bowel overgrowth. Sleep better. All these little things will improve your quality of life, and some of them actually uh, speed up uh, MS disease progression or worsening of disability. So if you can sort these problems out, you may actually have an impact on your natural history of your disease and slow down worsening. Uh, and so this principle of marginal gains uh, is really important. We need to manage MS holistically and have a systematic approach to all the potential issues uh, to optimize outcomes. So yes, if I was a jobbing practic practicing MS neurologist, uh, my biggest unmet need will be symptomatic treatments and, and, and having the systems to manage these properly. And then the fifth one will be healthcare, and this is finally for everybody. Um, I think the, one of the biggest unmet needs in MS is health literacy and making sure people with multiple sclerosis are sufficiently educated and empowered to understand their disease and to manage it themselves and not to accept second best. Uh, I'm talking really about um, Lenachesia, which is my main uh, healthcare system that I use for, as an example because I work in it. You know, we really uh, need to redesign it. It's currently configured on a Victorian model of healthcare where we have everything happening at hospitals. Uh, we have adapted slightly post-COVID with more remote monitoring, uh, um, asynchronous consultations but in general we still configured around a victorian healthcare model and i think we need to reconfigure it and rethink how we deliver ms care from a systems perspective uh, so that uh, we're much more reactive to the needs of people multiple sclerosis so this is a uh, an unmet need from a healthcare system so i think i've said enough um, you may disagree with me and you may have uh, priorities that are different to mine and i'd like to hear about them so please use the uh, comment section of this uh, MSL for newsletter or podcast and uh, uh, speak up. And the more debate we have about this, the more things happen. Um, just remind you that I'm still looking for subscribers, paying subscribers, that is voluntary. Um, I don't do this MSL for to uh, make personal income out of it, but I do use the subscriptions to help support the uh, MSL for Microsoft, which is up and running as a beta version. You can click on the link at the bottom of the email or in on the website and go and look at it. You know, it'll gradually evolve over the next, uh, I would say, 6, 12, 18 months. Uh, and once we've completed all the um, issues on the uh, curated side of this, we will hopefully produce a book to go with it. I'm not going to make it a, a, you know, a book that you buy and put on a shelf. I'd like to make a book which is functional in terms of making it potentially like a, like a diary. Uh, so there will be a lot of big margins, uh, place for notes. Maybe be, my idea is to put it into an A4 folder, for example, like a lever arch file that you can add notes, you could add uh, articles you've read, etc. So to make this a living uh, self-management tool. And that's what MSL is all about, it's MS self-management. Self is for self-management. It's about giving you the uh, information and the confidence to self-manage and actually be more demanding of your healthcare providers uh, uh, to make sure you don't accept second best. You may enjoy, and um, I'm looking forward to getting back to the UK. This has been a very long uh, American Academy. Um, I've been slightly disappointed uh, by the 
by the lack of focus on Epstein-Barr virus and viral hypotheses. I went to a brilliant um, update on MS management, progressive MS management, and uh, all the big issues were covered, but there wasn't any mention of infections and viral infections, and I find that a little bit upsetting, not because the person didn't cover it, but because they didn't think it was uh, important enough. And I, I think if you don't get the whole MS community uh, talking about the viral etiology and the viral pathogenesis uh, of uh, multiple sclerosis, including smoldering MS, you know, we won't get funders to fund, and a lot of these people are peer reviewers, and we put grants in to do work on smoldering MS around viruses, uh, unless the whole MS community is aware and buys into the hypothesis, it's unlikely you're going to get good uh, scores with grant applications. So if you can, help nudge um, you know, people who are influential um, to please prioritize uh, smoldering MS and the viral hypothesis of MS. Thank you.